release to room five. Good morning, Hope Point. Come on, look at your neighbor right now and say, winning. You're in church last day of 2023. Look at your other neighbor and say, and you're winning too. Come on, you made some great decisions today already, and I can't wait for what God wants to do in 2024. Can we do something big right now? Can we just like let everybody that got baptized today hear it and just celebrate them? Man, come on. There's nothing better. So good. We got a bunch getting baptized next service as well. And, uh, you know, I just felt pressed. Maybe you're here today. That's not a step you've taken. Jesus modeled it for us. It's going public with your faith, saying, hey, you know, I've decided to follow Jesus. There's no turning back. You don't got any clothes, go home, get some, come back. We'll baptize you next service. Somebody in here needs to hear that. Uh, yeah, you've been holding out on God a little bit, and it's time to just, you know, it's time to dive in. And so if that's you, you know, just do it. And I, we probably have clothes here. You can just, we'll dunk you. It doesn't matter. You know, we'll, we'll take care of it. But um, we always keep backups. But I just feel like there's one or two people that just need to make that choice. And bring a change in your life when you commit that way. Um, that wasn't a part of the agenda, but felt like I, I felt led to say it. Man, um, what an incredible time we're going to have. Uh, did you come expecting something from God? You'll get what you expect. Come on. Let's just raise our faith today. I think God has good things. Can we, can we bow our heads? Can we pray? God, today, you know, I'm just so thankful for everybody online, everybody in these seats uh, who decided to take time to hear from you, receive from you. And God, your word is one of the most important things we have. And so God, I just pray that you would bring just fundamental change, shift something in us today, God, that will bring about lasting transformation, look more like you. Father, we thank you for all that you've done and all that you will do. And we raise our faith right now. We raise our appetite right now. We come expectant because you've prepared a table for us, even in the presence of our enemies, God something that you have for us. You never have your children come and don't have something good. So Father, today we just raise our expectation. We love you. We honor you. We thank you. It's in Jesus' name everybody's in. Amen means I agree, so let it be if you're new to church. And if you are, anybody that's a guest with us today, we just want you to know how valuable and important you are. Um, and uh, there's a place here for you. A lot of people are intimidated when they come to church for the first time. And for all of my church family, man, you're so valuable too. I love you. You look good today. Look at someone and say, you look good. L look at somebody else and say, you look pretty good too. There you go. Come on. Come on, own it. Own it. They could tell when you don't mean it. Now, today I felt like we should do um, a new series. We're going to launch into a new series. We're going to kind of kick it off today. Uh, next week you'll have a really special treat. And we'll go through the month of January as we always do 21 days of prayer and fasting. Kind of time to refocus, get the right heart, get God's heart for your year and all that he wants to do. But um, God started dealing with me and just said, hey, uh, all that I want to do in 2024... Uh, pause pause and I said okay God what do you mean pause I don't like pause I don't like I don't like stop doing anything you know I like go 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 
He said, now, uh, pause, prep for your next step. Prep for your next step. I thought, okay, what does that mean? And, and he began to speak to me on regaining focus in him, finding strength in him, resting in him, allowing him to align some things in our lives, building faith, purifying our hearts uh, for all that he has prepared for next year. And so um, I'm going to talk to you today about PAUSE. And PAUSE is actually an acronym. It stands, and, it, and it's all about preparing for a greater uh, impartation, a greater visitation of the presence of God in your life. I can tell you this, when his presence shows up, you don't need anything else. Uh, his presence is going to visit our church in a phenomenal way in 2024. I want you to prepare for advancement. There's some things that you've been experiencing and you want to see breakthrough in. I believe that God is going to advance you in the kingdom and in all that he's called you to next year. You have to prepare for unity. Unity is like a marriage. You have to constantly work at it. And um, when, there's when there's unity, there's commanded blessing. It, it, it has to operate. The Bible says that, that when there's unity, blessing is commanded. So it has to, blessing has to come when people are in unity. So you think about that in your marriage, your family, your church. Uh, prepare for unity. Prepare for sacrifice. Uh, some great things are going to require you to lay some things down so that you can pick up some other things. Whenever great things happen in the Word of God, there was an element of sacrifice usually involved, which is important. And lastly, prepare for encouragement. If you're breathing, you need encouragement. Uh, so, so, so just know that God is going to give strength and encouragement to you. I, I thought about this, this definition of pause, right? And um, it means uh, temporary inaction, right? To linger for a time. I love this version of it, this, this definition of it. To dwell or linger with, on, or upon. And so uh, can you put up that, that, that picture? Uh, it, some of you might remember this the pause button. It's like... Uh, the, the inventors of it in the 60s, a Ampeg Corporation, uh, tried to take a stop sign, make it a little bit different, and um, add uh, a, a cesura was like, a, it meant pause in singing. And it was two slanted lines. They made them straight. So you kind of got two straight lines there. And I kind of just envision this as uh, you uh, and Jesus. Kind of look like two people there, just, just getting together for a moment and letting him download into your life the things that he wants for your next year. Right? Just taking a moment, saying, okay, God, I had my plans, I had my thoughts, but what do you want to do in and through my life next year? So just pause, take a moment with him, and, and we're going to stop and, and think about that. When, uh, when I think about pause, it was, it was interesting. I don't know if you committed as many um, culinary sins as I did this year over Christmas, but um, I ate myself into oblivion. And uh, listen, I didn't realize, I know the church is growing because like when I, at Christmas Eve, there were like 400 bags of baked goods on my front row. And I don't know how you people expect me to eat all that, but we, we gave her the old college try. You know, we, we put it in, we put some time in. And, and Amy and I were, uh, were out late one night and we, uh, we're in, we needed to get a few things so that we could make something that we would regret and go through self-loathing on later. But um, it, was, it was a dessert, and I was like, man, we just need it again. The bad thing was we had already had it and, and finished it, and we wanted another one. And so we stopped, and um, we were at Walmart, and we had bought some things late at night, and we were walking out of there. And that's a whole other ecosystem late at night. We don't need to get into that, but um, just, just pray for our community, you know. But 
but we we were walking out and we looked to the left and I was we saw this like red box and I was like ah remember when we used to rent movies from there and and if you still do that you can keep your hands down because we're going to pretend that you're in the 21st century you know uh and stream stuff now but if you if you do that just that's something you keep to, that's between you and Jesus but uh I remember before, how many of you, and, and I know that, that there's some millennials in the room, so I, you know, I'm dating myself a tad here, but do you remember Blockbuster? We got to work on the average age of our church going down. Like there's two, a lot of yeses, like, oh yeah, first date, met my wife there, yeah. You know, you remember like, uh, you had to get like the new movie you had to rush there because it was a hot new release and and that was back in the day when you were not guaranteed to see it like they didn't have you couldn't stream it there wasn't an unlimited supply in a cloud somewhere you had to go pick it up and uh you know so you go there do that and 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 you get that get that movie that whatever and um loved it and i remember uh on it there you know the vcr a video cassette recorder yeah you like that pause button? Notice how it's connected with the play button. God never told you to stop. He said pause. Pause is with play. You're still supposed to be moving and doing something. It's just waiting in anticipation for what God wants to do. So the old VCR. You remember, because some of you jokers, remember on it they put be kind, please rewind. Remember that mess? You get, the, DV, you get the, VC, the, the, the video cassette and you have to go home and you had to rewind it. You're like, that inconsiderate, you know, whatever that was like. And some of you were real technologically advanced. You had the little thing that you could put down and it would fast rewind. Does anybody know what I'm talking about here? Okay. You know, you had the thing. It, it cost you like $250 just to rewind a video cassette, you know. Uh, my dad used to have a video cassette recorder. It was a bazooka. It, it, was, it, was, it was that big, you know, you had to wear it on your, on your shoulder. Uh, but, but you think about it, a lot of people want to rent something new without rewinding what they already got. And I want to speak to this for a moment. Whatever happened in 2023, let God speak to it and inform, inform bring his word to it. Because there's some things that he wants to inform your life on and you need to do a little rewind, right? You're not ever meant to live in the past, but you are meant to learn from it and grow through it. So there's some things before you just move on to new. Let's just get the new thing, the new story, the new movie, the new whatever. Nah. Take a minute, pause, take a beat and go, okay, God, what would I, what would you inform in my life that I need to change maybe? that I need to improve, that I need to grow in, that could bring about a fundamentally different impact to my 2024. And, and God's got new things, but there's some things that, that you don't, you don't, you don't want to really take with you. You want to leave back there, and you want to learn from, and you want to grow from. And so allow him to do that. And so all of this is about preparation. I'm just kind of setting the table for you here today for this new series. But if you, if you look, up, look at this, now I had Pastor Amy, uh, to her own detriment, uh, 
my wife was I said honey I, I left my shoes I need you to go in the garage now these are really old I don't wear these anymore because they're so worn out but I, I love to run I love to uh, run long distance and these shoes um, were, were my go-to's this this version this brand this 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 thing and Amy brought them to me and said please burn these uh, they smell so awful like uh, you cannot you cannot carry these around anymore because I just kept them they're old I don't wear them but they're all they're all used up but I wanted to show them to you because um, I was recently in Florida and Florida is com it's flat so so runners feel like Superman in Florida because there's no hills I mean the biggest incline is a quarter of an inch you know you just it's all flat it's sea level and so I was down there uh, Amy and I were on vacation with our kids and my parents and her parents and we do things together sometimes and uh you know, uh, we were down there, and I thought, man, I'm going to run. I'm going to run. I'm going to add on some miles. I'm going to really, really go. And I did. And um, I came home and, to the place we were staying, and my body let me know that I was over 40. You know? Like, something, something was different about this run. And, and, and I thought, oh, this doesn't feel good. And about over the course of a couple hours, I don't know if you have ever experienced this, but, but I was having to kind of do this. I couldn't pick anything up off the floor. And I was literally going, oh, oh. And Amy was kind of looking at me like, what's wrong with him? And I don't tell my wife when I get hurt because I feel like she gets nervous. And so I was just like, I'm fine. Just, you know, just a little tightness, no big deal. It felt like somebody was stabbing a knife in my lower back. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. But, but, but I couldn't, I couldn't, I literally couldn't pick anything up off the floor. And I thought, this is not good. And later that evening, I started to feel what would only be classified as knives being stabbed into the whole right side of my body. I think they call that sciatica pain. Has anybody experienced that? That's, the prayer life gets real at that point. You and Jesus start doing business you know, and, and so that's what I was experiencing, and uh, I still didn't want to tell her I, I had gotten hurt, uh, and so, because I'm not used to getting hurt like that, and, and so I, you know, we were getting in the car, and I was kind of like doing this, and she's like, what are you doing? I'm just taking my time, babe, just take my time, you know, <laughs> get in, slide in, and uh, she said, Johnny, you're really hurt, aren't you? I said, I think I might be, and because you don't want to admit that you're getting older, or that you're going to get these things, so, you know, I delay it, but I realized something important, and I knew it when I went down. And this is it. The difference in my worn shoe on the right side is a quarter of an inch. I, I roll in, so I overpronate. So the left side is just a little bit. And you wouldn't be able to tell it by looking at my shoes. But it's just a little bit. And as I was dealing with this and I don't know how God speaks to you but but it was a QL muscle God said uh your shoes are uneven you know it and I said yeah I do and he said that's what's causing all your pain so I thought okay God um God's telling me to buy new shoes Amy <laughs> praise him from whom all blessings flow that's what he said that's what he's telling me I, that's what I'm getting but, but, but here's what I want to tell you. I, I had weak back muscles. And, and when, you're, when, you're, when you run, you have weak back muscles, you want to lean in. Makes you lean over, which pulls muscles on everything down here. And so I felt like God was saying, um, you need to strengthen some things, some muscles. And there's some muscles in the kingdom of God that some of you need to allow him to strengthen in your life. There's some things that aren't strong enough for the race that he's called you to run. 
We have a faithful father. He'll do it. But you got to let him. You got to let him work with it. The, the second thing he said is you got bad equipment. And here's the deal. A quarter, a fraction of an inch over time can cause major pain. And there might just be a few things that are off. And they're not that off. You've been going through life with them. But over time, they're going to start to add up. Because that little imbalance is going to cause difference in the structure. And it's going to cause problems. And so you can apply this however you want. You can apply it to, to, to your prayer life or how you make your, your decision matrix, right? How you make decisions. And here's what I would say. Like prayer should be our first response, not our last resort, right? So when you think about that, a lot of times we'll, pray, we'll, we'll make a decision and ask God to backfill our faith uh, and give us grace for the bad decision that we made. Wouldn't it be better to ask him first? Right? For some of you, it might be in your finances. Like, you're actually going to learn this year to go, you know what, I'm going to trust God. I'm going to give him my 10%, my tithe. I'm going to honor him. It's the king's portion. I'm going to live that way because over time, I've just had a problem with this and I don't see money right and it's caught up to me. And it could be that. It could be relationships. Can I tell all the single ladies, all the single ladies, all the single men? Can I just tell you... Uh, that, that if you allow God to inform your relationships on purity and you let purity lead, it'll add up over time, right? So, so there's things that, that, that are just minute that if you apply now, you won't be uh, laid up in a bed for days going, take me now, God. You know, you'll be going, ah, I can, I can run my race. The last thing was I, have a, I had a bad mindset. I had had that problem before, and I knew it was my shoes. But I don't like to buy new running shoes because I don't like to save up for them. And so I try and get more miles out of them than I should, and it caused me problems. There are some mindsets that you and I have, whether we want to admit it or not, that cause us to trip up in certain areas. And it can be little things. For me, it was a lack of discipline and setting aside money. So I'd buy my new shoes because I know that my old ones are going to wear out in two months. Whatever it is, you have to know that I had a mindset problem. And that will cause you pain down the road. If you adopt the values, hear me, the values and the principles of the word of God. In just one area of your life, it can make a huge difference. A huge difference. And so I just want to be real practical with you today, set you up for some things, because I think that this can help you. And I want you to put this up, because this is like a 12-week sermon for me. I could do a whole sermon series for 12 weeks on this one point. There is no amount of preparation that will be a replacement for the right foundation. There is no amount of preparation that will be a replacement for the right foundation. Let's look at Matthew 7, 24 through 27. They won't have it because I added it late. My fault. Therefore, every, Jesus says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, puts them into practice, is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew, they beat against that house, yet it did not fall. Because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine does not put them into practice. It's like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down. 
the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. I felt like as I got older and stopped singing songs about the scriptures, because that's how you can tell that you're a church kid, is when you sing songs about the scriptures, because that's how they get them in your head. The rains came down and... Okay, you know what I mean? No. All right, good. I'm not going to sing it for you. But what I started to realize is that Jesus never differentiated between the houses. We do that. I used to think of the person whose house fell as like this old shack that, wasn't, that didn't pass code and wasn't put together well. Jesus never said that. In fact, from his parable, all we can, all we can get is that the houses look identical. Built his house, built his house. He didn't ever talk about the inferior structure. He didn't ever say, well, you know, this one had a really nice, you know, day spa in it, and this one over here didn't, and this one had, like, master suite, and this one had walk-in closet. He didn't say any of that. He didn't focus on the house at all. The houses are the same, church. They were not wise and foolish because of their lack of preparation. Hear me. That wasn't the point, right? It was all about where they chose to build. Are, are you following me? That, that, that if you look, the same, the same storm, and this is really important for you to know because I'm not going to tell you about unicorns and rainbows and sunshine if you follow Jesus. There will be some really hard things that you're going to walk through. Things that take your breath away. Probably the, the sun shines on the just and unjust, the righteous and on the unrighteous. It rains on the just and unjust, the righteous and the unrighteous. Like both of them went through the same storm. And if you look at the, the Greek word for it, uh, tereso, it's torrent. It means to violently throw against the house. Like this thing was brutal. This thing was brutal. And, and what's interesting is that the Bible says that, that the rains came and the streams rose, which means that, that there was ground that was now wet and overflowing that should have been dry. And, and the builders are probably going, I looked at the floodplain. I built in the right place. Why is this happening? Are you following me? Why is this happening? I built in the right spot. The plan didn't cause. There are things that aren't fair. You live life long enough, you know that life doesn't know how to spell fair. They're two four-letter words, but they're different. You, you realize that, 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 that it's not right. I built in the right, I, I built, I, I'm not supposed to have this. This, dry, this ground's supposed to be dry, Jesus. Jesus said, the floods came. They both experienced them. But the one who built on the rock stood firm. I can tell you that anything in your life, break it down into component parts, your finances, your relationships, your marriage, your health, your faith, your trust, if it's not built on him, it will fall. And it doesn't matter how much you fortify it. It doesn't matter how much preparation you put into it. It doesn't matter how high or low the stocks are, how good Apple's doing. The reality is that if it's not built on him, then it will never be supported by him. There is no amount of preparation that you can do 
that will be a replacement for the foundation that you build upon. And so this year, I just want to challenge you to allow God to shift some things that you have owned, that you have controlled, and that you have made decisions on under His sovereignty, under His lordship, under His dominion, and say, what do you want to do with it? Are you with me? That, maybe we'll do a message, maybe we'll do a series on that, but we're not going to do it today. Okay, so, so here's, here's, I just want to give you an example of a couple people that prepared. I'll probably only get to one. David, man in the Bible named David, was actually a boy, shepherd boy, uh, had a lot of brothers, all better at different things than him. Uh, he was looked down upon because he was the least of his brothers. Didn't even get invited to the party, all the things. He, he would live on the backside of the wilderness tending sheep. A lot of you know this guy. If you've been in church for a while. If you don't, um, he faithfully at the age of 13 took care of all of his dad's sheep, which was the wealth of his family. He did all of that and he prepared for it. He had to learn how to tend sheep. He had to learn how to defeat a lion because a lion attacked his sheep and he killed it. A bear attacked his sheep and he killed it. So he had to learn how to defeat a lion. He had to learn how to defeat a bear, the Bible says. And then he had to learn how to be faithful to deliver things to his brothers who were off living their glory days at the battle lines with King Saul. He delivered bread and cheese. He was a glorified uh, pizza boy. Um, he had to learn how to seek the Lord while playing the harp and writing music. He was a great musician. All of David's faithfulness and preparation led him into the destiny that God had for him. I want you to, I want you to see that. Everybody else had discounted everything he had done. But all of that faithfulness led him right up to the purpose and plan that God had for him. And we'll see it here in 1 Samuel 17 because we know the story possibly of David and Goliath. You've at least heard that narrative. The Bible says, So David triumphed over the Philistine with only a sling and a stone, for he had no sword. Shepherds don't carry swords. They carry slings and stones. Isn't it interesting that, that what he was faithful with, what he had prepared for in obscurity, is exactly what God used to help him defeat the greatest enemy of Israel at the time and bring him into what would be a position that would accelerate him to the kingship of all of Israel. Isn't it, isn't it profound that when Saul, the king, looks at him and says, boy, there is no way I'm letting you out there. That's suicide. You cannot fight a giant. He says, but I already know how to kill a lion, and I already know how to kill a bear. This Philistine will be no different than they. Why? Because I honed my skills then. I honed them being faithful, doing what God called me to do, even though I didn't know how he would use it later. And, and, and I know now that all of that was for this moment. So I don't have a problem. See, I think a lot of times we discount the preparation in the little things that God wants to do in your life because we don't know how he can supernaturally 
change it and use it later. Do you realize that, that experts have looked at David and, and, and slingers of that time? David whipped that sling around at seven rotations a second. He, he remarkably, remarkably threw that rock at 35 meters a second. It's 100 feet a second. It has the stopping power of a 45 caliber bullet. It wasn't by accident. David didn't get lucky. God positioned David and God put his power and his spirit on David. See, God supernaturally blessed him because he put himself in a position to be blessed. He put himself in a position to be faithful. David could, could, could kill or maim a target from 200 yards away. That's two football fields. Literally, they're tapestries, medieval tapestries that depict slingers knocking birds out of the air. David was an assassin. Nobody knew it. So when he faces a giant, the giant just laughs. Goliath just says, you come at me with sticks and stones? Like, what's up, dude? And David goes, oh, you have no idea what faithfulness can transform a stone into. You have no idea what my God can do because you defied the armies of Israel. You defied the king of all creation. I'm gonna feed your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field this day. And what did he say? Today, everyone will know that there is a God in Israel. Come on. What happens when you decide to be faithful in little things that God has prepared you for? You don't know and you'll never know unless you're faithful in them how he can use them later. I wonder if God would just speak to you in this moment. I think he will. God was one thing, which is one thing. If I could pick one thing that God could fundamentally shift in my life what would I want to leave in 2023? And what's maybe one thing that I want to get better at in 24? What's one thing that, that, that God can do in my life different in 24? You know, I mean, you could pick a lot of things, but I'm not asking you to do that. Could you be faithful maybe in just this one? In fact, why don't you just for a minute just close your eyes and, and, and just bow your heads. And I want to allow the Holy Spirit just a minute to speak to you to challenge your heart not because you're bad or because you know you're you're wicked or whatever no 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 what's because you have a god that loves you and i don't know about you but but when i see my kid about to get hurt i'll do anything i can to stop him let god speak give him permission to speak into your life right now and there it is. You got it. There's that one thing. Say, God, uh, I want to prepare better. For some of you, you're, you're going you're gonna to say, hey, you know, 24, I'm going to be in the house of God. If I'm in town, I'm in church. Like, I'm going to be in the house of God every Sunday. For, for others of you, it's going to be, hey, I'm going to trust God with my finances. I'm going to start tithe. I'm going to start to give offering. Uh, for some of you, it's going to be, hey, my relationships are toxic. I need them to be pure before the Lord. You know, I'm going to find somebody. Let me tell you, uh, 
you never know. Your, your, your spouse could be in church. Likely are. You're looking in the wrong place. For some of you, you're going you're gonna to view you're going to view your future differently. You're insecure about what your future looks like. God's going to bring assurance to that. You're going to trust the Lord. Whatever it might be. For some of you, you're going to let go. You're going to, you're going to feel a weight lift. Bitterness is just going to roll off. For some of you, I just feel God giving you faith right now. Some of you have been believing for children. Some of you have been believing for, for other things. Some of you have been believing for people to come to the Lord. Some of you got some kids that have been far off. God's just, God's just giving you faith to see all that return. For some of you, you're dealing with, with addictive behavior, and God wants to deal with, wants to bring freedom to that. Right now, I'm asking our prayer team to come, and whatever it is, if you do just one practical thing, one practical thing, it can make all the difference in the world. And today I want to make a difference right now. With your heads bowed, your eyes closed. We do this thing in church where we pray. And there's people here that have never surrendered their life to Jesus. Maybe you, maybe you feel like, um, maybe you feel like you uh, believe in him, but have never given your life to him. Today I just want to invite you into a relationship with him. How you enter it is through prayer and worship. And we're going to pray today. We're going to talk to God. We're going to ask him to forgive our sin. We're going to ask him to come and be the Lord. That means master, the master of our life, the savior of our life. There's a hell, there's a heaven. Those are all real places. And Jesus came so that we would never have to experience hell, but would experience eternity in heaven with God. Abundant life in Jesus. Today, our whole church is going to pray. It's what we do. Hope Point believes in walking people to Jesus. So we're all going to pray with you. But it's important, the Bible says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you will be saved. It starts something. It doesn't end something. It starts a relationship with God. But you can have sin forgiven today. You can walk out of here new. You can walk out of here clean. Today, I want to invite you to do that. Would you say this prayer with me? If you're online, you can do that too. Somebody will be on the chat with you. Say, dear God, forgive me of all my sin. I come to you and I put my faith in you as I give you my life, Jesus. Today, I make you my Lord and Savior. Jesus, I thank you for paying a price I couldn't. I thank you for the cross. I thank you that you rose again. Because of that, I can have abundant and eternal life. Thank you for cleansing me saving me and giving me a new start today. I'll follow you in Jesus' name. Amen. You said that prayer a minute in your heart right now. I just want you to raise your hand.